Red Robin Podcast is powered by Budget Tyres Auto Centre, the only car specialist trusted by supporters, players and club officials. Head down to Leeds Road and check them out for all your motoring needs. After a short hiatus, the Red Robin Podcast Weekly is back, although instead of celebrating a Challenge Cup victory, we are instead looking at whether the Robins can finally beat the Lee Leopards this season as Rovers set them on once again in round 23 of Super League. Joining me this week is Lee Leopard's owner, Derek Beaumont, as he helps preview Friday's encounter. He also gives his opinion on the newly proposed Sky's TV deal and reflects on Rovers Challenge Cup defeat. And we have podcast regulars Carl Smith and James Perlin joining me to review Rovers' defeat to welcome champion St. Helens and give their views on what the Robins need to do to cement a playoff spot come the end of the season. And we discuss new recruit. Niall Evolds, James, Carl, great for you to be joining me on the podcast once again. It seems ages ago since uh, we did one of these and there's been so much what's happened in between. Um, Michael Morton, he's joining us on YouTube. Good evening, fellow Robins. Good evening, Michael. Great to have you on board. Um, you guys were at Wembley. We're going to talk about it. Uh, we haven't talked about it on the podcast because there has been no podcast since then. Uh, I think it'd only be fair to split the split the Challenge Cup final into two, talk about the occasion, and then talk about the game. James, as an occasion, I mean, wow, it was it was everything as a Rovers fan you'd want it to be, bar the result. Yeah, I mean that's basically what we want to be playing in on a regular basis, isn't it? You know, I think you know we thoroughly deserve to get there. You know, after the run we've had in the in the cup, but yeah, you just can't you just can't beat these um, you know the, the big occasion. You know, and I think I thought it was great. You know, great atmosphere. You know, even you know with people struggling to get there with the you know unfortunate accident on the on the M1, but you know, people got there in the end. But yeah, it was it was, it was just a great occasion. You know, um, and I think you know looking at the game. I thought, you know, I thought it was pretty good. It's a really good game for a neutral. You know, is a really, it, 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 I think the game lived up to the occasion. And I thought, you know, a lot of hype beforehand about great having two teams who hadn't been in it. You know, was it the first time for thirty odd years that hadn't been one of the you know regulars sit in there? And I think, you know, people, you know, that it, you know showed that there is life beyond you know the likes of Wigan and Saints and uh, you know Warrington, etc. Yeah, and Carl, I mean, obviously you went down, you saw the final, you was there, you sorts up the atmosphere. Um, pre-match, you know, get, tell us what it was like down Wembley Way and, and what it was like amongst the Rover supporters. Yeah, it was, like James said earlier, it's, you know, a real good occasion. Obviously, they, they have to be, don't they, because they don't come around too often. Uh, yeah, it was pretty... I got there fairly early, so I think I was a couple of hours before kickoff. so... Uh, we had a walk, walk down Wembley Way, spoken to a few fans, of quite a, quite a lot of neutral fans as there normally is in the Challenge Cup final. Uh, got into the ground. The, the second half of the women's game was, you know, a decent standard. There was plenty of people in there watching. So obviously that the women's game is, you know, elevating to bigger things, which is great all around for the sport. And yeah, like you say, the tension was building prior to kickoff. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was great all around, especially around in and around the stadium. 
Yeah, and and James, I mean, I spoke I speak to Derek Beaumont later on in the in this week's podcast, and and you know, take away your your Rovers spectacles. This was. If you was going to write a script for a Challenge Cup final and you wanted to show it to a neutral and you wanted to get a new audience and you wanted to get people on board with what Rugby League is about, the final had everything, didn't it? it just every... I had emotion, it had skill, it had controversy, it had drama. It was everything you'd want it to be in a Challenge Cup final. It, it, it was, yeah. And I think that's why, you know, from, from a neutral perspective, it was a great, you know, it was an even better occasion, you know, from was it from when you're when you're actually involved in it and you're watching your team, you know, playing it, you know, the, the nerves are on edge and you know your heart rates up and down, etc. And you're just sort of feeling every every single that thing that's going on. But yeah, it was. It was. Just, I just like I said, I just thought it was a really, really good game, you know, from you know, even from you know, even though we lost, you know, from, you know. I thought, you know, we gave a, you know, ultimately, you know, it was it was a good game. It was a good game. It could have gone either way, you know, ultimately. Um, and I think, given, you know, the way I think Lee had probably been, you know, had the form running into the final. I think, you know, we actually showed that again that we can compete. You know, when we, you know, Rovers have got that ability. This team has got this the ability to to compete with the the top sides and not to be, you know, to be. Uh, uh, you know, embarrassed and just sort of give you know really give a really good account of themselves, and it's just one of those things that you know a few things didn't go away, but that's 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 what happens, isn't it? In finals, you've got to take your chances. You don't get they don't come around very often. You don't take your chances, you know, and then you 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 rule them later on. Yeah, and Carl, I mean, to be honest, you know, and if we're frankly honest, to be to be level after eighty minutes of rugby league based on the performance Rovers served up. You know, there was a lot of errors. There was a lot of possession given away cheaply. Yet we hung on in there, and and to be level after eighty minutes, um, bar, uh, bearing in mind we played ten minutes without Elliot Minchella. You know, went down to twelve men. It was a tremendous effort defensively, and and just when you felt we was about to ice it with with the kicking to touch, uh, Schneiderman, you know, if bloody hell, he just misses it. You know, and you think you've got the impetus there and he misses that kick. And it was a tremendous effort from Rovers, but when it really counted that 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 skill, that ice, that that moment we really needed to 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 do it, we just fell short, didn't we? And, and that was a frustrating part for, for many supporters. Yeah, you've just you've absolutely sort of words out my mouth there because there was parts of the game where it was evident flowing and you thought, oh, one team might nick it, yeah, bro. You know, Lee started, you know, I'd probably say Lee handled the occasion slightly better than Rovers. And that's ultimately what probably got him over the line. Just uh, what I would say is Lee, Lee sort of started better. They got the, got the sort of nudge up on the scoreboard and they just kept crawling and crawling ahead. And like you say, credit to Rovers that they fought back. They kept themselves in the game, even down to 12 men. And, you know, it's credit for that. I just feel ultimately there was a couple of, couple of things in the game and, you know, they can... People can say the referee shouldn't have been Minicella and he shouldn't have done this and Lamb didn't ground the ball and it's all immaterial, isn't it? You know, the result stands at the end of the day and I think if Rovers could have handled their end of the field better, I mean, I think there was one instance in the second, was it the second half? They kicked the ball to Ryan Hall. He was about 10, 10 metres off his own goal line and he just dropped it cold. Now, mm-hmm. he's one of the most experienced, experienced campaigners there's ever been in Super League history. So... I got to that point of the game and I thought I could see it sort of 
won't say slipping away from us, but then you sort of question, is it going to be our day? Because people like Ryan Hall don't, don't drop them balls cold. And then as soon as we uh, we got to that 80th minute and we drew level, that was the first time I sort of felt a little bit nervous. I mean, I saw I saw quite a lot of people in and around where I was where I was sat, you know, having a chat to them, and a lot of people was nervous. And if I'm totally honest, I wasn't that nervous up till maybe the last ten minutes of the the 80 minutes. And then as soon as we we drew level, I thought, mm. and I think I think Lee dropped the ball, and we got a bit of confidence from it. And then to give a penalty away, like I say, Snyder didn't find touch, and then as soon as that ball came back to us, it, you knew what was coming. And as, as much as it pains me, I, I, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, I think ultimately Lee dealt that a little bit better with the pressures of a big game. So, you know, all credit to them. Yeah. And and, and I think, to be fair, James, ultimately credit to Lee, isn't it? They, they did what they did. Um, and, um, you know, it, I think, I don't know sometimes, James, the closer you are to victory, that, that, that the worse it feels. Because yeah. you can, you can, you, you know, in in one sense, we had one hand on the trophy going yeah. into Golden Point, and then you know, through a, a couple of plays. I mean, there were some decisions in the game that didn't go our way. I mean, the Elliot Minchella one, the Tom Opperchick uh, penalty try, no try. I mean, what was your take on the Elliot Minchella uh, Simbinin? Very soft, very very soft. Mm. You know, I just thought, I thought Reynolds certainly certainly milked it. There was there was contact, but there was minimal minimal contact, and you know, sort of Reynolds, you know, Reynolds, Reynolds milked it, and they, you know, got the penalty, um, you know, and got Minchella Minchella Sinbind. So yeah, big moment in the game, put more pressure on Rovers. Um, but I just felt as though, you know, going back to that second half, I thought there was, you know, we did well to get just be two points down at half time, and I thought there was a period in the second half where we became a lot more confident. And I just got this feeling that Lee were creaking. And I thought, if we could have scored then, we'd have gone on to win. But somehow Lee managed to hold on. Briscoe went and scored. And I thought, well, that's it. But then, yeah, they came back. Well, like I say, it's almost like getting to that last minute, next minute, you're thinking, is that hope? That hope you're going, goes up again. You're thinking, you think back to the Wigan semi-final, the Leeds game. You know, you're thinking, yeah, we've got golden points us now. You know we've you know we've got the the uh, the monkey off our backs so to speak yeah. about go, you know, not being able to do a golden point and then uh, we just sort of just seem to have a collective brain fart in that in that sort of four minutes. Yeah, which is I think James, you didn't make a great point there. We've got the experience of golden point. Yeah, Snyder's yeah. got the experience of golden point, yeah. and for whatever reason, you know the the, the plan whatever. You know, and we got a, 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 a leg up, you know, and, yeah. and you're just thinking, here we go, it's set up for overs and, you know, yeah. say, you know, say la vie. My take on the uh, Minchella, I think Willie Peters will be furious with him. I think he'll be absolutely sick as a dog that Minchella 10 is back on the player when in reality he should be going hands in, arms round. If he gets booted in the face, if he gets the ball in the whatever happens to him, you know, he's got to be fully committed. Mm-hmm. And I think Willie Peters will have been furious that he turned his back on him, which ultimately left the referee with a, a decision to make. And the, the crazy thing is, if he'd have just gone forward and, and just wrapped his arms around him, it'd have never, it'd have never been a, mm-hmm. um, a a penalty and it definitely wouldn't have been a sin bin in. Uh, Kyle, the Tom Opacic, penalty try, no try. I mean, I don't think it was a penalty try, but I think 
Uh, we didn't get what we probably deserved in that situation there. No, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? If, it? if it's if it's with your team, you want it to go for you. And if it's against you, you're like, nah. So it'd have been very soft, wouldn't it? You know, I, th- I think this should have had more of a look at it. You can't be giving penalty tries for that. I mean, we spoke we spoke a second ago about Minicella wrapping his arms and all that. And you've hit the nail on the head in terms of Willie Peters. It'll be absolutely sick. It'll be sick. It'd have been sick in that bucket. You know, after the game, and I think we saw it. I think we saw it when we played Lee at home the first time around there. What's he called? Reynolds. It was play acting. He was giving it loads to referee. I think even at one point he was giving the V's to the East stand. So we know what he's like. Sport has these characters, and it's all about dealing with these characters. And unfortunately, them tiny, tiny margins can cost you in big games. Yeah, and James, we saw that, didn't we, with the. Uh... That little head butt, I reckon, on Mikey Lewis, that little coming together on, on the pitch. So, you know, some people said Mikey Lewis milked it. Other people said, well, it was a, a clean head butt. There's not, you know, if you're protecting players, contact with mm. the head should be deemed, you know, penalised. And, you know, there's just a few little calls like that, weren't they, where um, it just didn't seem to go away. And, and you know, I, I don't think the referee necessarily had a had the worst game. Um, I mean, it's interesting to see he's the, the video ref on, on Friday when we take on Lee. Um, so mm. he won't have to endure a, a run round the East End uh, on, on the mm. Friday night. But um, I don't know. If you look at the call like you did, it did feel like there were some calls that just didn't didn't go our way in the Challenge Cup final. No, I agree. Yes, it's not, not, not a lot of the 50-50s, some 60-40s. I think that one, Mikey Lewis, so yeah, if you're going to penalise put Minchella in the bin for, for something for that for what he did then you've got to do the same with Reynolds and and and, La- and Lamb for the pullback on upper check. It definitely wasn't a penalty definitely wasn't a penalty try penalty try but there was clearly no intention, you know, he basically just launched himself at upper check. Well and to, and to rule and to say as well, no foul play. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. And then to give the scrum, which is probably the the the, the, the least Decision he could have gone for really, but he went. Well, for that, he went yeah. for that one, but that was a video ref who gave that one apparently. Well, so, and, um... and also on the video ref, James. I mean, obviously watching it back. I mean, how many replays to, oh. to for for uh, Parcells mm. try? It was almost yeah. to the point of looking for the reason not to give it. Reason not to give it, and and mm. I get the point of it's the last minute of the Challenge Cup final. Mm. I need to be sure to try, but then I don't know. My feelings are. Every try deserves that scrutiny. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It shouldn't matter. You can't something in everything, can't you? And I yes, think you know yeah. we we were watching on that screen, and it was clear as day that the ball had gone nowhere nearly in its hands, and it clearly come off Hardacre. You know, and whatever angle they looked at, it, it, it missed Lynette's hands. And like I say, we were just saying, looking at the screens, he's just trying to find a reason not to give yeah. it, especially as well because the referee sends it up. Yeah, yeah, as well. yeah, so you think yeah. you know after five times of seeing it, you, you, yeah. you know, you, you, it must have been anyway. Should have, would have, could have. That was the Challenge Cup final. Um, a momentous occasion for Hull Kingston Rovers. Um, unfortunately, we just didn't manage to get over the line and we move on as we take on the Lee Leopards once again. Sandwiched in between there was a defeat to the St. Helens, uh, the World Cup champions. I mean, James, Carl. You were at the game. Um, half time, James, we looked all right, didn't we? Scoreline wise, it was we, we'd been dogged in defence and, and we'd kept ourselves in the game. Second half, you know, 
we just didn't seem to, to get going again, did we? And and James, was what was the scoreline reflective of the performance at half time? Was was Rovers deserving to be where there was, or was it a case of St Helens just not being, you know, taking their opportunities? I think Saints would probably be were played as well as Rovers let them. I think you know that if that defence in that first half, the scrambling defence was was outstanding, and I think you can't fault it. I think in the amount of ball that Saints had. You know, to, to to potentially only going in two 0 down at half time, and the fact that you know Saints then, given all the ball they had, they took a, they decided to go for two because they couldn't break Rovers down. I thought that was you know really a testament to to where Rovers defensively were that where that night. But it, again, it was just uh, you know just an unfortunate error that you know let them in, and then it sort of seemed to knock them out in the start, start of the second half. But the first half, I thought they were, they were really good. You know. Thoroughly deserve to be going in just you know two two nil down yeah really. My biggest frustration, Carl, is that um, as, as as supporters we sort of give up these games, don't we? We go, oh, it's Saints away on a Friday night, you know, Rovers. As long as they try hard and, and they give a good account of themselves, we're happy with that. And and you know the men- mentality change Willie Peters has talked about. Well, these are the games, actually. When you're at that scoreline at half-time, mm. it shouldn't be the home team will kicks on. Why aren't Rovers kicking on and going, you know, yeah. this is our game now to... to yeah. and, and, and it's a big bugbear, man, because it's happened for... I mean, James, you'll know. It's happened for so many seasons now where we give a good account of ourselves and then it just falls flat. And, mm. and, we, and we don't... Yeah. We just don't kick on to that next level. And, and yeah. um, we've seen it this season... We've seen it in previous seasons, and and um, effort isn't enough sometimes. You know, effort should be the the, the minimal effort. Trying smart yeah. defensive work should be the you know the, that should be your gimme as a rugby league player, and and we just don't seem to be able to ice it better when it counts. Hmm. No, it's a, I totally agree. I think even even maybe this season prior to Willie Peters coming, I think. I think if you asked a lot of Rovers fans, they would expect a result away at most teams now. I think that mindset of, oh, Rovers are just there to make the numbers up and we score a few good tries, fair enough. That's a, I think that mindset's totally gone now with Rovers. And and for me, on Friday night, I thought, I, I think James is right in terms of the scramble went on, the, on their own line, but there was so, so, so scratchy with, with ball in hand. It, they defended well in that first half and the team sends away a couple of times, but... In the end, they got caught up at the back end of the game in terms of the scoreline because every time they broke, they dropped the ball. Yeah, the conditions weren't great, but at times you've got to play them conditions, haven't you? So, as well as they did in that first half, I, I thought there was bang average second half, and yeah. I thought the attack majority of the game, majority of the game was just off, and it was very scratchy. And I think, like I say, I think the result caught up in the end. And I, I thought I'm not going to name names, but I thought a few individuals who have been solid for the last season or so. I just thought thought lacked a little bit of confidence. I mean there's 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 players out there dropping the ball, like I said in the final, in I'm not the same not the same guy, but there was there was some of our other, other bigger leaders, our big big players so to speak, that you wouldn't see him drop drop a ball and they couldn't catch a cold in that second half. So you know, I, I think they've just got to go back to the drawing board and, and start afresh in terms of this in this Friday. I think the confidence was knocked slightly at Wembley, and I thought that showed in the in the second half, second half of the Saints game in terms of attacking. There was there was very scratchy, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, I think the other thing as well, Carl. I think you know, given again, Saints line speed on Friday night was just phenomenal. 
you know, I think we oh, were yeah, yeah. questioning whether they were onside or offside. You know, the cat being onside. Yeah. But yeah, it's basically what Saints do. They've done for years and years and years. They've had that line speed and they consistently, you know, got it. And I think that's what just really nullified to an extent Rovers. And we just had, didn't really have that sort of speed and that point of confidence really to, mm. to 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 do it to do it back in return. And I think that's probably you know. You know, the emotions of Wembley probably took out of them, and then just do all the defending they're having to do in that first half. I think just knock yeah. them out, knocked them out as well. And just if you look at look at breaking down into, into compartments, essentially Saints won the game in about a 15, 16 minute period. Yeah, you know, a couple of minutes before half time, and then 12, 13, 14 minutes into the second half, and that was it. I mean, you know, do, do you think, James? Oh, yeah. Actually, I was going to say, actually, do you think teams have got wet Rovers wet out at the moment? Because what it appears like is stay in the arm wrestle with Rovers. Yes, they're going to front up in defence early on. They're going to stay in the game. But as long as you stay close in the scoreline, actually, during the game, at some point, you're going to get the opportunity to put points on the board. And, and it almost feels like teams have worked Rovers out a little bit. And and, and Bazza on YouTube, he's put, at some point, guys, can we discuss the half situation? Mm. I'll be dropping Milnes and putting Mikey back there. And for me... I'd give Lynette a week mm. off because he just hasn't done much uh, for for quite a while. I mean, I think that's a bit harsh on Lynette. If you look at the stats over the last few few games, meters made, tackles, he, he's definitely fronting up. Mm. Um, I think that's harsh mm. on on Lynette. But as good as we are in defence, we're not scoring enough points, are we? And and, and this half back no. situation, yeah. uh, James, needs something needs to change because we're not creating enough opportunities. And, and to be fair, the best ro- moment for Rovers in attack was Mikey Lewis with a fantastic try. Um, off the cuff, offloads, mm. kick through, you know, a bit of magic. Mm. Is it time for him to go back in the halves now? I think it is. I, I must admit, I was surprised that he was played again at fullback on Friday night. I think, you know, given him, you know, he was superb at Wembley, there's no getting away from it. And I think that's probably why Peter's continued with him at half back, at full, at full back. But then I got to thinking, you've got Jack Walker who's a specialist full back. You know, basically, what's the point of bringing Jack Walker into the club mm. till the end of the season if you're not going to play him? You obviously you couldn't play at Wembley because he was cup tied, but you play him in the Super League games and you put Mikey back, Mikey back into the halves. And I think you, you, you're probably right, Chris. That I think we just haven't got that. We just seem to have lost that spark. That we've had before, which you know, was able to unlock unlock defenses and cause opposition teams to sort of think oh, what's going to happen next and just hold back, perhaps, and give that create that space. And we just seem to have lost that. You know, that's not a criticism of you know the, the team we're putting out. I think it's just probably one of those things, and the, probably the type of player we've, we've got there. You know, <laughs> you know the, the, the effort's there. That's the thing. The effort is there, but we just haven't got that spark anymore from you know from the backs. Yeah, I, I think he's shooting himself in the foot a little bit as well. Yeah, I agree with what you two have just said there totally. And I think what you what you said a second ago in terms of, you know, numbing the threat that Rovers have is, you know, stay in the arm wrestle. The other teams are thinking, stay in their arm wrestle and we'll get them back into the game. But I think that's part of it. But I also think partly that when Mike is playing at his best, he's playing at the line. You know, and he's, he's looking for chinks in the other team's armour. He's looking for them spaces. He's looking for a flat ball. He's look he's looking to step a big fella. And when he's at the back, teams are getting up quicker to him to nullify, nullify that threat. So 
I think I know I know he played Wembley there and he, you know he's had a couple of good games at fullback, but I think you've got to move the lad back home now because you know you, you know you're shooting yourself in the foot before you've even got into the game and sort of got going because the other teams are moving up on him fast and what what I saw on on uh, Friday night in terms of Saints def- defence there was moving up on him and a lot of teams are leaving a little bit on him as well afterwards because they know he's dangerous so they're trying to drag him down away from what he's supposed to be doing. So I think if we don't put him back in the ass, I think yeah, I think we'll struggle to create. Yeah, and, and Jim, I mean with Mikey Lewis, what I'm fundamentally, you don't want him catching the eyeball, having to run mm. ten meters, you know, it, he can do it. And do you know mm. what? Credit to him, he's been absolutely mm. brilliant at it. Yeah, Senator Lundy might not have had a, his best game, he came up with a few errors. Um but he's been great previous to that at, at fullback role, but what I would say is, there's other players who can play in that position and probably do the same job. What we don't have in the halves is someone who can create that magic. We seem to have two two steady eddies in in, in Schneider and Mills, and that's no real criticism of them no. because that's, you know that's you the need them. Yeah, that's yeah. what they are, and and yeah. you know at Leeds Schneider's first game, we saw him set the line on. We've seen it a few occasions. I dare say Schneider has maybe gone a little bit quiet. He doesn't seem to have the influence on the game that we've maybe hoped him. And and he's come up with some moments when you look at games overall and, and his contribution as a, a as a 80 minutes, maybe he's not had the contribution that we hoped he would, but he's come up with a big plays at the big times when we needed him to. Um, Roy Milnes, he's coming for a lot of criticism mm. from some, uh, some sections. I think it's unwarranted. I like mm-hmm. Ryan Milnes. Um, mm-hmm. But he needs a foil. He needs a Michael Lewis <laughs> beside him, as Jordan Abdul does. Jordan Abdul needs Michael Lewis beside him. You can't mm-hmm. have Jordan Abdul. In it. So I think it's now it's got to be time for Michael Lewis to push back in there. You've either got Ethan Ryan to go in there. You've got Jack Walker. You've got Lewis Senior on the right wing. Willie Peters has got options. And, and mm-hmm. we, need to po- we need points, don't we? We need to score points. And... For me, the best way to score points is Mikey Lewis to play back in the halves. Yeah, def- definitely. I think, Absolutely. like I say, it just, it just gives that sp- that spark. And I think, like I say, with Milnes and Schneider, they are very s- similar players. And, you know, so I think, you know, teams, like I said, teams can read them easier. Whereas, you know, Mikey's in there. They, they, they have, they have, like I said earlier, they haven't got that. They've got that unknown. That, yeah. Not, yeah, probably fear actually about what he's going to do, you know, because he can do some just just, just stuff off the cuff that can just split defence open, you know, in an instant. Whereas Mills and Mills and Schneider just 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 don't, you know. It's not from one of them. Really like Mills. I like you know I like him. You know, I think he's, you know he's, he's a decent lack, and I think he does get a lot of unfair criticism, uh, and that's because people are probably compare him with comparing him with Abdul and with Lewis. He's a different play, different type of player. Um, and I think probably where Abdul and Lewis works so well is because you know they do complement each other a lot better, a lot, you know, a lot better. You know, Mikey with the with the spark and Abdul with more the, uh, the the controlling aspects, but being able to being able to sort of um, break open a defence with a with, with a kick, you know, or, or you know, or a pass, which you know Mills probably isn't really fully having his his armory. Yeah. Well. That was that. I mean, a Friday night defeat to St. Helens is what we've pretty much come accustomed to over, 
over the last few years, isn't it? So uh, let's draw a line under that. We'll take on the Lee Leopards again and someone who's been on this podcast nearly as much as you and James and Carl, <laughs> Derek Beaumont. He joined me once again. Um, great value once again. He talks a little bit about the Challenge Cup final. He talks about uh, the game on Friday night and he talks about the newly proposed uh, Sky TV deal, uh, which is which was announced yesterday. So uh, tune in to... Uh, Derek Beaumont. Derek, thanks for joining us on the Red Robin Podcast Weekly once again. I mean, you're becoming more of a regular than, than some of the Rovers fans who come on it. I mean, we've, we've faced each other for the fourth time this season on Friday night. Um, another crucial game between the two sides. Of course, this comes on the back of the, the Challenge Cup victory that you guys enjoyed God, it seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? I mean, you've been living and breathing it. You've been on the TV screens, on the radio. You've been everywhere. Um, I mean, it was a fantastic final, wasn't it? And, and for you guys, of course, to lift the trophy, you know, I bet you still can't get over it now. Oh, mate, it, 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 it were a fantastic game. You know what I mean? It, it were a great story, weren't it, all the way through for both clubs. And, you know, you guys, what, 42 years, us 52 years. And so it was great for the game that, you know, it was Lee and OKR, really. I think everybody sort of felt that way once they knew they weren't there. But I just thought the game was really, really good for the game itself. You know, live on BBC, nip and tuck. Um, I've never watched the game as hard to watch. I thought the Saints semi was horrendous, but that was just more, you know, it, it was never more than a try, was it? You guys scored first. Um, it, it just had a lot. And... I, I mean, I thought we'd won, you know. I came running down the lift thinking we've, we've won with duty. And he's like, we've won the Challenge Cup. And I'm like, oh, my days. And we come out and my face is a picture. And Duke's <laughs> is, he can get away from me fast enough. He's like, oh, shit. Um, and you guys have scored and I'm watching that and I'm trying to, as if I can influence his decision. But I just felt at that moment mate, that you guys would have the ascendancy then because, you know, you've got us back. You, you're on the up. You've scored were flat. Uh, and I honestly genuinely thought at that point that you guys would be the ones who got it, but obviously didn't turn out that way. Yeah, and, and you know, for for a rugby league showpiece event, prime time, Saturday afternoon, you know, it, if you were if you was going to write a script for a rugby league game, that was pretty much it, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And either way it went then at that point, to be honest with you, when you got the, uh, the penalty, which I personally thought was knock-on, he'd give it a knock-on, then changed it. Mm. And... You know, I'm thinking, oh, my Lord. And and I said to Dukesy on the way down there, I said, whatever happens here, I said, I've got a lot of mates in always, as you know, and that's why I'm happy always chatting to you guys because your club's always been class with us. And, you, you know, you've done that bit in the championship like us and it goes back years, doesn't it? And, and they, were all, they were all class all the way through. And I said, if we lose, I'm fine with it because right? I'd be pleased for some other people. But I don't want to lose to a bad decision. I want to get beat by a team that beats us, you know what I mean? And I'm sure you wouldn't want it either. And I just, as soon as that went, I, I edited my hands and was like, that's it, because you'll kick to touch. You've been driving up the middle and making decent meters all game, so you'll make the meters. And Schneider's shown he can kick it in the semi, didn't he? So I'd, I'd written it off. I was trying to emotionally change to get to be magnanimous in defeat and not make a burk of myself being, you know, a bit riled by, by the goal. Uh, and then Juicy pulled me hands down. He went, he's missed touch, he's missed touch. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. And it was just psycho from there, mate. It really, really were. But but you, 
you guys were your fa- I had nothing but good things from our fans and, and, and players how, how you reacted on the pitch and kind of as I calmed down a little bit but Sean Kenny Dahl came over to me I thought I had a great game for you man by the way um, mm. and uh, you know you, you look and you, and you know that it, you wonder whether that's his last go at it you know what I mean but yeah. he was absolutely class you know dead respectful well done you really deserve it you know it, it, you know enjoy your moment they don't come around often and I just it just brought me down to earth a little bit and I thought and then I started to recognize your guys obviously a bit depleted and then I started thinking god you know how hard for them because they'll have put exactly into it what we did every aspect you've got to put in there and you'll have gone with everything planned and you obviously sacrificed the game as well really in fairness to give yourselves the, the best chance of it so I did, I did feel a bit Sorry, and, and Neil Neil was really magnanimous up at the top, and, and as was Paul Lakin. So you just show quality as a club, and I, you can't buy that. No, and and I'm sure uh, it's probably the same for Neil as well. Are you, when you're watching the game, Derek, are you able just to purely watch the game? Or are you thinking about what victory might mean for the for the club? What you got to get in place? Or can you just settle down for eighty minutes and, and watch the game? Mate, it's, it's a wreck because. We, you know, we've both obviously had to go through exactly the same. Before the semi-final, you would have been the same. So you plan certain things. We've got a good relationship with Saints. So we planned the hotel and then whichever one got through, took it forward. So the contracts were in place. So then all the other things, because it was special for us 50 odd years. I'd always said to the boys, if we get there, I'll bring your families. We'll do this, we'll do that. So all the planning was done and we decided we was having a party we, we never we never used the word lose so it was always win or not party win or not because we felt we'd won something just by getting there yeah. and i know that sounds to some clubs like that's no you're not but but when you've not been for 50 odd years which is you know the how long i've been in existence it is it would have been enough for me it wasn't when i got there because <laughs> when you get there you naturally do want to win it but i would have been happy and we, we was going to celebrate it anyway so emotionally i was prepared both ways um so i was able to watch the game but i'm bad at watching the game anyway because i'm like you know i'm so invested in it and as a supporter not not you know as much as financially so it was just a wreck to watch because it was never it was never anyone's game was it really you know right right the way through and so much so mate we left it right until the end to get down uh, because we was like, we can't go yet. We don't want to be down there and you score. Which ended up happening anyway. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get ripped one of you. You know, if you guys win this, now look at that idiot there thinking he'd won it. So, yeah, there was, there was everything was planned in place. So, I, either outcome, you know, I saw that bit with the buzz you guys had, but we had ours ready. So, one of us was always going to have one ready that wasn't needed. But you can't just create that, can you? You can't pick the phone up and go, just won the challenge cup, get us an open top balls yeah. and get us a, you know, get us some banners and get us some library. So we both had to put all that there. And then one of us, one of us used it and one of us didn't. So I did I did feel for you, but we we no doubt you're gonna to want to um give that back to us on uh, on Friday, you know, and and, and playoff wise, all my Salford mates have been on to me all week this week. Make sure you do the job and I'll get out again, make sure because he's there's nothing in it, is there, in that sort of no. fifth and sixth place now? 
No, and that was a huge result for Salford against Huddersfield because that puts them right back into into the playoffs. So it's going to be a a mean uh, a mean end of season, isn't it? Because someone's going to miss out who probably expects to to maybe be in the playoffs. I mean, how are your boys shaping up? You seem to have gone through the full season without getting any injuries whatsoever. Robbie McMullen, I mean, he, what a trojan he's been. How, how are the yeah. squad shaping up? Are they running on adrenaline or? Um, we've had big, big, people think we've not had any injuries and, and I get why they think it, you know, because we've kept our main spine. You know, we've yeah. been very lucky that with, with Yaz O'Brien, very little, small time with, with Edwin, I think one or two games. John Asiata we've we've kept um, and Lockie Lamb and, and Benny Reynolds, Zakade, it's So, you know, Robbie Malone, Tom Amone. So you, your mainstay is, you know, you, the, the big sort of things that people look at Tom Briscoe, uh, Chance, it does look, you know, the, the, the main sort of starting 13 almost has, has been pretty much there. But back rowers, we all the way through, you know, with, with Joey Wardle um, was out, Jack Hughes was out. So we, we were struggling back there. We got Frankie from you guys and he went after 12 minutes in his debut and he's never played since. He may get back to the playoffs. Um, we've had Ricky Latelli have a, a season ending up on his uh, neck there as well. So we have had them. Um, you know, we've had Ben Nakabawai out for most of it. We, we, we've had other Semin and Fango, I can't even say it out. Um, so we have had it, you know what I mean? Uh, it just doesn't look as visible because we've not lost like a Jordan Abdul like you guys have and a Lachlan too, you know what I mean? I think that's probably the difference. But listen, we. We parted hard Saturday, we parted hard Sunday, we parted up emotionally on the Monday. Um, you saw we went hard against Leeds, that was a real tough game because we wanted to try and see if we could do what, what really was always going to be mission impossible and, and, and you know, win the league. And we knew we had to be Catalan to do that. Um, and, and, you know, we we didn't we didn't quite have that there. Um, it showed off and I think it always does done it to be fair. So, we're, we're, we're in a good place to try and um, pick it up. We, we, we suffered, uh, you know, some brutal shots in that game. They were, they were a bit uh, rough and tough cattle on four players on charges after it, but I think they've ended up with no bands. So with a, a, a not to uh, Chance with his ribs and, and John again, I wonder how long he's going to last keep getting his head took off. Um, you know, so, yeah, we're... we're, we're we're, we're emotionally probably over it now, I think, you know, I think coming off the back of that Catalan game, it's brought us all back down to earth and job in hand. So I think we're, we're focused on how we bounce back from, from a defeat, but I'm sure you guys will be as well. And it's just as important. It's probably more important for you guys in getting the two points to keep yourself up in, you know, that six spot contention with, Salford, Leeds, all of whoever else it ends up being. Um, there's probably that little bit of a buffer from where we sit in fourth to fifth in the four or six points. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a lot. And we've got some tough games coming as well. Obviously, the trip to you is never an easy one for any team. Um, we've got Saints away uh, and we've got Wigan at home out of our five with Huddersfield and Wakefield uh, in there. So... It's tough for everyone, mate. You, you know, you can soon just fall out of it. You, you know, it's really, really tough. But I think it's a big, big game. It's on Sky as well, isn't it? Yeah, in front of the cameras. And, and you could almost, the two sides could almost be the same as what featured in Challenge Cup final as well. Uh, Rovers, 
Rovers go in with the same set of group of players, whether there's any positional changes. Um, I, I think this is going to go down to the wire once again. I think it's going to be a real arm wrestle. I think both sides have seen each other at close quarters now, haven't they? And, and yeah. I can't imagine the coaches changing the tactics too much from what they've done all season. So I think this is going to be another umdinger of a game. I, I think it would, but I, I completely agree. I don't think, I think that final showed, you know, there's nothing in it. It, it, it is literally down to that. I thought both sides, nobody was making uh, clear breaks, you know. Um, it, nobody was carving each other up and desperately hanging on. It was a real defensive sort of a war of a good rugby, what you want to watch set to set. Um, you guys kept it uh, more direct, you know, and, and worked that, that middle, middle channel. And we, you was you was quick on what people are seeing. The more they're seeing of us, what we do with, with the ball on our left side, they're, they're getting more used to defending it and we're not getting as much success with it. So I'm sure two smart coaches and the coaches and the two good mates, Willie and, Lock and Adrian, um, got mutual respect for each other. So I'm, I'm sure they'll both be looking you know, at things that they can try a little bit different. But in the end, I think... If both teams play their best rugby, um, then it's hard to call. But if one of us doesn't quite do that, then the other will win. Yeah, and Derek, finally, uh, it was announced yesterday that Sky looked like they're going to be the, um, the 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 winning bid for the, the TV rights for Super League for the next three years. Rugby League commercial have now gone into a 30-day uh, exclusivity negotiating period. Some of the headline stuff are all games to be covered, video of referees to be at every game, uh, the free-to-air access is to continue. Um, as an owner of a Super League club, are you, are you happy uh, with the proposed uh, uh, offer that Sky put on the table? You, you, you're always going to be disappointed when when you feel, you know, you've got to look at this bigger than what it looks like. All right. So as I get it as a fan, someone looks at that and, and says, oh, it's financially lower as a headline figure. Yeah. But, but commercially overall, I don't believe it is. I likened it in the room to this. And Rushy sent me a good text immediately. As I'd said it in that some was on Zoom and some was present in the meeting. But I said, imagine if you've got a shop and you sell crisps out of your shop and someone tells you you're not going to get as much for your crisps that you're selling anymore, but you've got a far bigger audience to sell them to. So opportunity-wise, there's a lot more money available for the sport to get its hands on. Um, so I think there's been a lot of good work done in there in terms of, of, of what we've retained. I think being able to have a, a video ref at every game is imperative. I think that now allows us to have captain's call, which I think is, is a good thing and we, and we should have. You know, that would have been a moment in that, that uh, golden point where I'm sure we would have used it if we hadn't already to say whether that's a knock-on or, or a ball. So, so I kind of like that. I think that's possible and we might see that come in. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but, but to have the instant access to, you know, the moments. So, like, if if you look at the uh, drop goal from uh, Harry Smith for Wigan against uh, FC, which no doubt you guys watching this have been delighted with, um, it it could go in. You can't, we can't use that. You know what I mean? They can't use that. It's got to come through the Sky platform and then there's rules around it. No, that can be instantly out there. It can be our... You know what I mean? We can we can get the detail out quickly. We can stream our own uh, games. We can monetize that. We can go to wider audiences with decent seven camera, six, seven camera footage and presenters and commentators 
um, and put out a good product on whether it's through our league or, or a different platform or whether clubs have their own right. All of that can all be worked out now with some of the things that's been retained. And I think it gives us it gives us a little bit of not too long of a term. You know, you, you think three years, but if you've got a three-year deal, you're renegotiating after two. You know what I mean? So it's not a long time in the in, in the mix. So what it does is it buys us some time to with security of, of, of the largest chunk of what we've just been used to operating with, it gives us some freedom to explore more that bigger streaming avenue with a proper production and then see how far we can take that. And if we get it right, we'll become our own competition to broadcasters for the broadcast rights, if you see what I mean. So it enables yeah. us to nurse ourselves into, in the end, if necessary, uh, going along, but doing it with a partner and, and you know we should respect the fact that sky supported the sport massively for uh, for 30 years and it's not a direct criticism but, but if there's any negative uh, you could associate to that is that it does because it's behind a paywall and subscription based it does keep you a little bit more in the dark than if you're on a free to wear channel but you don't get the money out of a free to wear channel that, that the sports out of sky and need so i think this way we get that money from sky but we get to get more awareness and get our game out uh, to a bigger audience. So overall, in, in, in a landscape that's difficult with all the sports competing for it and not much competition around from, from channels, I think you have to say that Rodri and his team have, have actually done a, a decent job there and done the best, in, in my opinion, they've done the best that they could for the sport, knowing what I know. Yeah, and, and we've seen, obviously, yourself, Derek, with the rebranding of Lee Leopard. We've seen all Kingston Rovers, how they've looked at additional revenue streams. How important is it for clubs to, to become less reliant on the core funding through the TV deal and, and you know, and explore other revenue opportunities to, to bring in extra money so that if the deal ever in what they expect it to be, it's not, doomed, it's not you know, the end of the day for, for a club? You may, you've got to make yourself a brand that's interesting, haven't you? And now that you can go wider than uh, just, you know, whole, obviously you've got a, a city there and you've got two big big clubs in, inside there. Um, so it, it's more competitive. So, you know, I, I've always, you know, listen, I'm lead through and through and, and, and all clubs, you know, are largely supported by their own towns and communities. Now, if you look at those work, that restricts us to 45,000 uh, people, you know, if you work on the basis that everyone in your town is going to support you, so that that doesn't really provide a great audience. But if you get a brand and you're more about being the leopards, you know, of course we're from Lee and 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 the Lee, but if you if your brand is more just talking about leopards and more talking about wolves or more talking about rhinos, and it's less specific about where you're located, mm. because that's just who you can get in your stadium. So again, we're restricted to ten thousand. Your, yours, whatever yours is, and the, and the bigger stadiums, the bigger. So we all know that's not something that we're ever going to mega increase because it, it doesn't at Wembley, it doesn't at Grand Final. So it's about get reaching wider through streaming, through the small snippets, through having a good brand, through merchandise, through commercial uh, aspects. Now, if you're selling your sponsorship to your front shirt sponsor and you're saying, you're not just saying you'll be on two games guaranteed on Sky, but you're saying every game will be on uh, Sky and every game will be on a, a streaming platform. 
and actually we're going to have so many subscribers. So imagine at the end of year one and we can say 72,000 people in PNG watch our game every every time we play. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 the audience commercially and the value commercially becomes significantly bigger. They've got backing rights to do with LED boards and things like that, which can be we can get more revenue from. So there's a job in hand now to I think attention now needs to turn towards the calendar and how we, you know, how we move uh, out of the loop fixtures because obviously at a time of uh, difficulty in, in, in moving into our own streaming area and, and the sky situation and, and the transition, it isn't a time to also lose fixtures because if you then do that, you're cutting your legs off in another way with your income for your, your season ticket holders. So imagine, I imagine, you know, some clubs, we're meeting tomorrow about what we do with our packages and, and memberships and different options and what we'll set our tickets at. I imagine some clubs will be looking to, to slightly increase that with everything's going on, but also you've got to be mindful for cost of living and, 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 and everything else and get the right balance. So if you was trying to increase your prices but decreasing your number of games, you've got zero chance. And if you're trying to keep your prices the same and decreasing your number of games and the value in the season ticket or membership, you, you're again going to struggle. So I think it's important at this point in time that we don't tinker too much with that. Um, and we use this, this transitional year to have a lot more time to get exactly what it should be the, the year after, whether it's uh, increasing the, the, the number of teams or whether it's decreasing the number of fixtures and bringing in some different um, competitions or, you know, the, the changing format of, of the Challenge Cup or a War of the Roses. Or, you know, there's lots of different things that IMG are putting in there. But I think we all want to see loop fixtures gone. Uh, me, me more than anyone this year, you know, we've had Catalan beat us three times. Um, a loop fixture, we've got yourselves as a, as a loop fixture, which, which could see that way. We've had Salford um as, as a loop fixture they beat us twice we've got to do Wigan again so they're unfairly skewed because they're graded with with the top teams playing what has previously been the bottom team which you know from this year alone coming into the bottom team everybody would have thought that's a gimme two points and hasn't been so it just needs to get to a straight shootout and and the thing for me to do that i think ultimately the competition needs to to grow uh, in clubs but I think we need to have more players to do it. And, and, and I think to do that, we need to get rid of this restriction of seven and, uh, you know, overseas players. And people say that affects our English standard. I, I don't think it does, you know, look at football. I go watching United, you know, and the, how many English players play for United, let alone anyone from Manchester. So nobody's really that bothered. You, you'll raise your standards if it's harder to get in a team you'll have to raise your standards at, at, at all the lower levels to what you bring through. So I think that provides more players instantly. 36, if every club can have another three, there's 36. It, it infects it to try and get uh, a, a close competition with more teams in. So there's loads and loads in the mix, but I think we've now got some breathing space for the next three years to, to really get to work with IMG and, and move the game forward but individually as clubs, as well as collectively as clubs. I think we need to come together on a lot of things, on how we put things out there, on, on how, certainly on how we, we utilise this um, ability to stream all our games, uh, how we centralise that, but incentivise it to the clubs that, that work the best and 
bring the most to it. Um, but I think we need to have some set set central things. So you've not got OKR charging so much to watch a game and Wigan a different price and, and Lee a different price. I think we need to make season passes for the whole lot um, or season passes for just your club's games or season passes for just your club's away games. Um, or you can just buy the whole kit caboodle or you can just buy one game. Uh, ad hoc as and as and when you want it so there's a lot to be done behind the scenes but i think uh, working together will achieve that yeah for some people Derek's um, a buffoon who wears leopard skin, uh, leopard skin suit and, and runs on the pitch and, and you know drives around in a Lamborghini and stuff. But when you listen to what he says in, talk, in terms of the whole game and, and the future and the TV deal, you know, there's a lot of sense that comes from Derek in terms of where the game might be heading and, and, and the future of it, and especially the new TV deal as well. I mean, on the face of it, it doesn't look great. But actually, if you start digging into detail and, and, and what might be the future of this deal and what comes on the back of it, um, it's maybe not all doom and gloom in terms of the, the Sky TV deal at the moment um, for Super League. Yeah, no, I think I think you know obviously Derek talks a lot. It talks a lot of sense, and I think it's always great to get get the perspective of somebody who's you know at, at the table. In the negotiating table, where these big deals are so happening, and I think it was it was quite interesting the you know, point he's making about the, the the deal. And I think you know there's been a lot of focus on the the actual monetary value of it being less than it has been before. But you know, as he so explained to it, you got you got the potential then to sort of actually it might be lower, but you got the potential to have a bigger audience because we're now going to have you know, all all games televised in some format, whether it's on Sky or other or, or other channels, etc. And so then that means we're going to have the video ref, which, you know, for me, I'm not a big fan of the video ref, full stop. But if you're going to have it, I think it's got to be every game, like they do in Australia, because otherwise teams are on the tire, all the regularly like Leeds and Saints, etc. They get the benefit of, whereas other teams are not on as often, lose out. So I think that's going to be a big thing. And then the captain's challenge as well, which again is something that we've all, we've all been wanting to have. And, that I think you know when we've seen it work in the NRL, you know it, it, it you know works really well, and it, it then becomes a tactic within within the, within the, within within your, within your gameplay as well about when do you actually go for it? Do you you know and who actually goes for it as well? You know do you get a lumping lock prop forward going for it, or do you actually make somebody who's got a bit of intelligence about them call it? So so yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's interesting to see what he's hear what he's going to say, um, and I think you know we can. If the game does sort of grasp this and and, and sort of take it forward, that when we come to renegotiate after the two year, after the next deal, then hopefully there's going to be more money because other you know other broadcasters who were interested this time may have, will have seen how the game's developed, the quality of the products developed, and so actually yeah, we want to we want a piece of this, and then it's going to hopefully up, up, up the money anyway. Yeah, I saw you. Uh... You you tweeted Ellie Carl about the loop fixtures about well we sometimes just gotta get on with it, but it does skew the competition a little bit, doesn't mm. it? I mean, like this season we we thought we'd play Lee three times or well at the start of the season that's three victories because Lee are gonna absolutely bomb. Um it hasn't worked out like that. Um and quite easily though, you could get Wigan three times, Saints three times. 
Catalan three times and it does skew the competition. And, and if we're talking about a competition being fair, surely you play each other once or twice. Mm. Um, I mean, Magic Weekend, you know, we, we need to get to a fairer competition. But fundamentally, that probably means adding another team to Super League, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, people, I said on a tweet earlier on, I, I basically, I think people can, I think they're a little bit overexcited at all and they can, you know, they can have meetings or all the one, but ultimately it's getting that fair, that fair across the full, across the full board, isn't it? So I know what people are saying about loop fixtures and I think we played, last season we played league three times or whatever and we, we, I think we beat them three times. So, the only teams that will probably suffer are the teams at the, the bottom end of the league. So if if St. Helens are smashing, I don't know, for argument's sake, Salford four times a year, then Salford fans won't complain. And if the show's on the other foot, the other fans won't complain. So, yeah, I get that it has to be a level playing field, but there's a process to get to that point, isn't there? And you, you hit the nail on the head where let's introduce another team, but then they've got to meet these needs like all the other clubs for the... IMG and all that type of thing. So you, you can talk it up, you can talk it down. There's pros and cons to everything, but ultimately it's, it's a process to get to that point, isn't it? Yeah, and James talking about loot fixtures. <laughs> Bloody hell, we meet Lee again uh, in Super yeah. League for the third time this season on Friday night. Um, I mean, are you expecting the same as the Challenge Cup final in terms of intensity, in terms of closeness, in terms of no quarter given? Rough and tumble, bish bash bosh. Um, I mean, we saw basically Lachlan Lamb was a difference between the two sides. Um, I'm guessing, well, we can't afford that to be the case on Friday, can we? Because two points is is much needed for the Robins on Friday night. Yeah, it is. I think you know we've we've actually had two pretty close games with Lee, haven't we? You know, the first I think round three, and then obviously Wembley. I think. This this on Friday night, I don't know, it just feels as though it's like the season's on the line a bit. You know, given you know where we've got to the last few games we've had, where we are in the league now, how other teams around us are playing and sort of picking up points, etc. Who we've got to still got to play. I think if we lose on Friday night, then you're having to back up against Catalan, you're thinking it's gonna to be tough to get in that playoff. So I think for me. Winning on winning on Friday night, it, you know, probably I'm over, probably over, over dramatizing it a bit, but I think the season's on the line on Friday night, mm. and if we win, we've still got a chance because we've got, I think, a decent run in. We've got Salford at home, we know we can beat them. We've got Huddersfield away and Wakefield away, so yeah, I think yeah, we need to be winning four out of the next last five. I think to be safe into the playoffs. Yeah, and Carl, in, early on in the podcast, we talked about staying, staying in the arm wrestle in the match. But really, this is we need to stay in the arm wrestle in the league table, don't we? Because, you know, lose to Lee, Catalan come up next, who have been, you know, standout team all season, you know. But, you know, who knows what could happen in that game. If you're then relying on Rovers to win the last three games of the season, well, you know, yeah. That you're blowing your cheeks yeah. out and going, well, you know, maybe it could, you know, this game on Friday feels, you know, James already mentioned it, quite pivotal, really. That if we don't get these two points, bearing in mind how close it is in in the, in the Super League table amongst the teams vying for the 
the playoff spots that, you know, it'd be very tough for Rovers to, to then get into the playoffs if we don't beat Leon Friday. Yeah, 100% right. I'm sort of looking at it as a mini cup, if you like, because I don't think there's no room for error now for, for many of them teams. And like Derek Beaumont said earlier, it's that tight on that on that ladder. It's like, you'll, you'll, you'll make a mistake. You'll lose a game that you possibly should win. You know, that's, that's you done for the season. And I don't want that season petering out for Rovers. So for me, it's, I won't say it's as important as the Challenge Cup final, obviously, but it's, it's definitely not far away from it. So... I think we need to uh, get out there on Friday night and hit the ground running and try and put a bit of early pressure on, like because it, it, at the end of the day, it's in our hands now to make the playoff, isn't it? We, you know, like James alluded to, in terms of them fixtures, there's there's fixtures that on paper we should be winning. So I think if we yeah. get over line against Lee, I think you know, I don't see it being a problem. But there's definitely no room for error now. Yeah, James, squad selection for uh, Friday night team selection. Sorry. Um, are you expecting Rovers to line or, or how would you like to see Rovers line up on Friday? Um, for me, I'd put Jack Walker at full-back and put Mikey in the half-back and then bring Minichella go straight in at Lewis Fall and then Hadley on the bench instead of Kindhorst. And Other than that, I wouldn't make any changes. Yeah, because... what about you, Kyle? Yeah, I, I would probably say the same. I'd, I'd definitely put Mikey back in the house. I think he's more of a running threat there and you know, his off-the-cuff play brings the best out of us. So, I know, you know, we talk about Mikey a lot, but he is probably our main threat at the moment in terms of off-the-cuff and, you know, needing to do some, something special because I think uh, Milnes and Snyderman, I think, I think they're very similar players and they don't offer that threat. They offer other things in the game. I think they could, you know, I think they could think of the win, secure the win in terms of seeing the game out, but I don't see them going and getting the ball and, you know, really running at the other team and, and getting us the points. So, yeah, I think Mikey's definitely got to go back in the halves to give us that running threat. And, uh, yeah, get, I'd get Jack Walker at fullback. Like you say, he's an actual fullback. And he's done OK, you know, we're called upon this season so far. I mean, it does beg the question, doesn't it, James? We've had... Oh, we had since... Since Coates retired, we've had Zenon, Lewis, Walker, Dagger. Ryan. Um, have I missed anyone off there? Well... I think that's it, isn't it? I think that's it, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's such a pivotal position and to be chopping and changing like we have. I think our biggest mistake was probably when Coote retired, um, not not giving the full-back position to one one player. I mean, that was easier said Mm -hmm. than done because, you know, we've had to recruit and, 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 you know, players have let, blah, blah, blah. But um, this constant chopping and changing. And to be fair, across the whole squad, James... It's been a feature of the Robins this season, hasn't it? This, this constant chopping and changing in, in pivotal positions, yeah. especially through the spine, is probably the reason where where we are now. We just not have that settled settled formula in the most important positions. Exactly, I think um, Derek hit the nail on the head. If you look at their, you know, the, the way their team's been, you know, they've had a, a really solid, uninterrupted spine all season. And then when you throw in the likes of Mulhern playing out of his skin, Asiata, Amon, you know, and Hardacre as well in in the centres, you can sort of see why they've they've done as well as they have. Um, and it just you know it just just show that you do need that that stability in there. You know, we've lost you know two two of our two real quality, haven't we? In Coote and uh, in Abdul for the bulk of the uh, bulk of the season, 
Um, and then we've ended up then chopping and changing the halfbacks as well and just not not had the solidity or cohesion or, or consistency, which you know, the likes of Lee, Lee have had. Um, yeah. And I think for me now, you know, I say we've got Jack Walker to the end of the season. You, for me, you put him in, put him in for the rest of the season, even though, you know, he's only there, there, there for, you know, for five games potentially. You just got to have that stability there, I think, and see how, you know, him, him with Lewis and uh, Schneider in the, in the halves go. And hopefully when Abdul's back in a couple of weeks, hopefully he's, he, he slots straight in. Yeah. And, um, you know, two players, Carl, who might help with uh, some solidity in terms of the, the spine of the side next season are Tyrone May and Niall Evels. Uh, Matt Elaine on, on YouTube, he makes a great point just on next year. Where does Mikey fit in? Obviously, Mikey Lewis. Um, Abdul Mikey, uh, do they play at halves? Um, Hiku Center. Um, there's a lot of players... Um, in them back positions, isn't they? And you are left sort of scratching your head in terms of who fits in where, because mm. um, Willie Peters said Pet Hickel's going to play fullback. Um, Tyrone May is allegedly coming as a as a halfback. Well, Jordan Abdul and Mikey Lewis were our starting halfback partnership at the start of the season. Um, you look at the centres. Um, you look at the wingers, Ryan Hall, he still our top meter maker. I mean, you can't dismiss the fact he's made so many meters. I mean, the Challenge Cup final, I think it was 265 meters or more. What he made, I mean, unbelievable return. Mm. Consist St. Helens, only one player made over 100 meters, Ryan Hall. <coughs> there's no there's no reason to think he won't do that again next season, so you can't just drop him. I mean, what mm. we are looking well stacked in the in the backs next season, Carl. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, I think <laughs> Willie Pears must be good at playing poker on a weekend. That's all I'll say because every every signing we've sort of made is is made hints of where they're going to play. So that could be anywhere in terms of across that back that back end. So I mean, as the sad Tyrone made, didn't they? He's been playing playing a bit of six for Catalan and he looks decent and he looks his short kicking game looks good. Uh, well, I think when he was in the NRL, he played for the Panthers in in centre quite a bit, and then obviously he couldn't get a game so. He came over to the Super League. So, I mean, I won't write that off totally. Uh, the only one thing I would say, you know, and I, I don't want to jinx it again, but can you really rely on Jordan Abdul in terms of fitness? I mean, he, he has a couple of few games together and then he's out injured again and then you don't see him for a few months and he plays three games and then he's out again. So, he's probably covering all bases in terms of that back line is Willie Peters. And I think you see that in a lot of the signings. I think uh, I think now levels will probably play fullback. I've done, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter when he got signed early on today, saying oh, he can play wing, he can play this. I think I think Rovers are crying out for a, a fullback who can stay fit, you know, and be that number one for seasons on end. And I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's the man. So I know you know it was all this Peter Rico might play there, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. He hasn't played one one game there for the Cowboys this season. He's played centre, so. I expect him to play centre when he comes to the Robins. So, you know, the options are endless, aren't they? So, as they say, it'll all all come out in the wash. Yeah, I mean, James, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, we brought Tom Hoppachik over to play centre from Parramatta. He played centre. Pet Hickel's just about to finish a full season playing at centre. Sean Kendall's retiring. You'd assume that's the obvious replacement. Mm. 
But then you throw Oliver Gildart into the mix, yeah. and then you go, well, where does he fit into that side? And and um, Nile Evolds, you know, by all accounts, he, he could play fullback. Um, it does beg the question whether someone um, is leaving to accommodate the players who are coming in. And, and there's some rumours about Tom Opacic not being necessarily the happiest. He's got his son over in Australia. He's got a split family, uh, kids to uh, other parents, etc. You know, it does beg the question that all these players just do not fit into the mix at the moment for me. No, it just, it just, it just seems that we've got... Um... Just doing like a lucky dip, really, and just pulled out as many players as we can, really. And then we're about where we're going to play them later. I think, you know, we haven't mentioned Gildart. And for me, you know, potentially, is it thinking of putting him on the wing? Mm. But then, like I say, where did you put Evels? You know, for me, Evels is a, like Carl said, you know, he probably plays his best rugby at fullback. You know, but, you know, he can play on the wing, he's got the speed, but for me, he's a fullback. So yeah, it just and then Tyrone May, and then you do think, well, actually, where does that leave Abdul? You know, is he sort of almost saying, well, actually, I've given up on Abdul, even though I've signed an extended contract, I've given up on him because I'm is, I'm expecting him to break down again. So I need some quality cover in for when he does break down again. It, you know, it just it's seems like an abundance gene, hasn't he? So... Yeah. Yeah, it, it just it, it does. It just seems bizarre. And it, but then the overriding thing for me is that we're very much concentrated on the backs, but we I don't know. We just seem to be suddenly making forwards. You know, we've signed Wallace, but you know, at the end of the day, he's coming. He's coming up from the championship, so it's going to take time to uh, to settle in. And but you know, about saying about saying that, you know, we don't know whether how it's going to quickly is going to adapt. You know, we've seen with with some players who signed from the championship how quickly they do how, how well they do adapt. But it just feels again within the forwards, we're probably a couple of injuries away from having, you know, a bit of a skinny pack. Which then, if you've got a skinny pack, no matter how much speed, space and quality you've got in your backs, if you if your forwards aren't going to sort of win the rook and it give you that go forward, not going to make a jot of difference. Yeah, and we've seen that, haven't we, with yeah. the injuries to Jesse Sue? You know, how mm, it's affected yeah. the back, and and mm. um, I mean credit to. To him, uh, King, Luckley, Starton, Kennedy, you know, they've all, Hadley, when he's played that prop, they've all done decent jobs. I think I think the telling stat for me was in the Challenge Cup final where um, our props made less than 100 metres. Lee's props made over 300 metres, mm. you know, and, 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 and as good as they've been, um, we still lack a bit of punch. Now, whether Jesse so whether he not got injured and he played a full season, whether that had uh, made a difference. Um, but hey, who knows? It's all shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, James, predictions for Friday night. What, what, what are you hoping for, and what are you expecting? Oh God, um, I'm hoping for a win. I'm expecting a win. I think we will win by um, eighteen points to fourteen. Mm. What do you reckon, Carl? I'm going to go absolutely, absolutely bollocks ballistic. <laughs> I'm going to go 36 12 to the Robins. Do you know why? Because I can. Yeah, well, yeah. I, lo I love how that's based on fuck all. <laughs> well, you ask, me, you ask me an opinion, you get it, don't you? That's yeah, just the way it is. I, I, tell you 
I won't be surprised if it goes to Golden Point again. I, I just, oh God, yeah. I, just, I, I, I think when you look at both sides, they're just they're so even, and 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 um, mm. ultimately we need to quell the threat of Robertson and Lamb, don't we? If you, if you quell that, um, which is easier said than done, because yeah. every other Super League team has been trying to do it all season, but if you can quell that threat. Um, then I think I think that's where the game could be won. Whether Rovers can do that, I mean, the challenge for Rovers is not just stay in the arm wrestle; it's to then go to that next level, that next step, and to and to and to make the magic plays to make that that play. I, I don't think, Carl, we will see Rovers scoring abundance of tries and as as going on. But I hope you're right. That is that is it. I hope mm. you are right because I would love. An easy night watching the Robins at Craven Park on Friday night, live in front of the Sky TV cameras. It's going to be another humdinger of a game. And I hope as many Rovers supporters who headed to Wembley to watch the Robins in action in Challenge Cup final manage to pack out uh, Soul Group Craven Park on Friday evening because it is going to be a fantastic game of rugby league. I'm sure of it. This has been the Red Robin Podcast Weekly. Great to have you listening. Great to have you viewing on YouTube. But for now, just please live, love, laugh and be happy.